This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's Speroni who rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose with space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson. Oh, yes. Back of the nest. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest preview podcast. I am your host, Terence Ford of RedandBlueArmy.co.uk. And along with Albert Curley and Sam Heskiff, it's time to look ahead of the visit of Spurs to Sellers Park. With Christmas music on the radio and adverts on the TV, it can only mean that the January transfer window is rapidly approaching and already silly season is underway. We'll discuss rumoured offers for Aaron Wambasaka and Danny Welbeck. Carl of Hotspur Memories joins as the opposition this week and we'll talk new stadiums, injuries and how perception of players from the outside might not be shared on the inside, most notably around Kieran Trippier. We'll then turn to Max Meyer and short-termism, set pieces, polls, predictions, and much more. As Steve Parrish said to Susanna Reid, let's get it on. (laughs) I got there eventually with that intro, guys. (laughs) Uh, Right. um, Spurs. Another tough game. We've already had two in a row, third one of four. So, um, again, it's upbeat all, all the way through this. It's upbeat. We've got a negative Spurs fan coming on later. So, um, we, we we might feel a bit more positive by the time we get into it. Um, I'm joined by Heskiff this week. Hello, Sam. Hello, mate. Can't wait to start moaning. <laughs> and, of course, Albert Curley. I can't wait to hear you make Sam moan. <laughs> um Right. One person, I'll start on you, Albert. Um, I heard you on the review pod on Monday and you basically used up so much good material. I don't even know I'm going to be able to speak to you tonight. Uh, I don't even remember using any material. So Didn't you just spend the entire podcast saying harsh to dear? Yes, true. But I mean, I wouldn't describe that as material. I just described that as truth. I wrote in my notes... um, Albert on review pod bullying DR. You reminded what? me of a big brother bullying his little brother. No, I mean we've spoken <laughs> about this in private. Not me and DR. Us. I. You know, it's it's it's. Uh, I find it it's much easier to disagree with people 
when you're reviewing something that's happened rather than speculate about stuff, which is what we do. I disagree. So, harsh. No, uh, <laughs> so no, I uh, I just I, I thought you know Dr. Dr. was being a bit harsh on James Tompkins. I thought, and so and you know, being twice his age, I thought it was my job to pull him up on it. I thought his head was poor out for the first goal. I'm, I'm with DR. <laughs> um, and the reason we're recording this on Wednesday night and not Thursday night, which A, is interrupting my quiz pub quiz night, so you're both in my bad box, but it's because you're going to another podcast tomorrow, Heskiff. I am. Another football podcast as well. I'm not even diversifying. <laughs> I'm um, assuming that you're going to be getting um, the presenter from that podcast to come and uh, be an away fan on this one. Absolutely. Um, I'll be doing all I can to talk to famous Plymouth Argyle fan, Josh Widdicombe. <laughs> we might draw them in the third round of the FA Cup. This is true. Also, the guest is Barry Fry, so that's going to be quite good. I'll see if I can speak to him as well. <laughs> yes, uh, Barry Fry would be great. Um, <laughs> so this week, after hot on the heels of baby stories from the last two podcasts of... Um, Albert's vagina incident and Mike's uh, pooing poo in the bath. Wasn't my <laughs> vagina incident. <laughs> well, I don't want to break it to you, Terence. Terence, poo doesn't come out the vagina. <laughs> well, I've got um, a kind of vagina story of my own. <laughs> so um, I found out that my German wife's gynecologist is called Doctor Vanker. W A N K E. Now, when I drew attention to shine the light on this to my wife, I was like, how have you like not realized this in the past? Speaking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she had she just said she'd never realized because she's just it's always seen it as a German name. She's never sort of translated it into what it means in English. So yeah, so Dr. Wanker is looking at vaginas all over Germany. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't even <laughs> <laughs> got his card have you (laughs) (laughs) i will get one and um i'll post a picture of it on twitter so everyone can see uh right transfers there's been loads already being talked about uh we're still two just under two months away from the window opening uh right we'll touch on Aaron one basaka first uh heskiff man city is the big link um and also Everton is a link where uh, Matt Woosnam, a uh, Palace fan, very heavily involved in watching a youth team and understanding um, a lot of what goes on in the youth team, seems to think the Everton offer is actually legit. Like They are very interested and they have been looking at him. Um, obviously, it's going to take big money to prize him away from us. But after just so little games, weird question is cashing on him perhaps the right thing to do this early without knowing if he could actually maintain this for an extended period of time i don't think it is um i was a bit worried about the man city link um i texted my man city mate and he wants him for the for the chant which is a bit patronizing um but obviously they they can if we did want big money they could afford him ever and i'm a little less worried about um i read somewhere that they wanted to offer chenk tosin he can only score against Palace, I think, so he's he's useless. Um, he, he's a Turkish or Nayu, so I don't want him. Um, I don't think we should cash in on him. I mean, unless some, I mean, if someone offers something stupid, like 50 million quid, then probably, because 
you know, as good as he is and as much as we love him, I mean, to be offered stupid money for a fullback, you, it's quite tough to say no um, compared to, you know, a, a bid for Wilf, say. Um, but unless that comes in, I just I don't really see the point in selling him, to be honest. I mean, we're probably going to, uh, what I would imagine we do is give him a new contract again just before, you know, the January window opens on more money. He's still probably on relatively small amount, I would have thought. Um, but yeah, I don't think we should. I don't think we should sell him unless it's an astronomical amount, which I can't see it being, to be honest. Yeah, he's probably not on as much money as Albert is at the moment, so um, he definitely needs a pay rise. <laughs> do you know he hasn't? I ain't got a job. I ain't got a job at the moment. <laughs> Aaron, one. No, I do. I... You, you do have a job. You got one. Yeah, I, I got a job today. So uh, congratulations. Uh, obviously, that's going to be low key at the moment, isn't it? Uh, yeah, probably a bit low key for a while, and you know it might affect my. You know, I can't just sit around coming up with material for these podcasts anymore i'm gonna to have to get out and do something so my input on this might if it if it's possible might drastically fall i can't be loitering at airports waiting for four-year-olds to <laughs> complain about Fair enough about various <laughs> uh yeah so um yeah just get your santa skits in before before you start your new job okay um but back to aaron wabasaka he hasn't lost the tackle since he got sent off against Liverpool when he fouled. Uh, That's outrageous. It is ridiculous. He's won every single tackle he's attempted since that point. And that one was only taking one for the team. So if you factor that in, he's only lost one tackle this season. <laughs> it's insane. Um, but yeah, so you can see why people are looking at him, especially with his dribbling stats as well, further up the field. Um, I think uh, his crossing can still... Uh, he can work on that a bit but you know he has all the makings of a fantastic fullback and potentially like a very top tier fullback so it'll be very interesting to see what happens in January but hopefully obviously unless as Heskiff says it's for 50 million he's still in red and blue come February 1st Uh, Danny Welbeck has also been linked he's out of contract in the summer so it'd be available for around about a cut price of 10 million the papers seem to suggest um, Albert, w- would Danny Welbeck turn into a banter striker? Oh, it's, it's, this is one where it's really hard to not come across sounding like a spoiled Premier League brat here. Danny Welbeck is a, isn't a renowned goal scorer, but I guess that's because he's been, you know, prancing around the sort of top six area of the league and, you know, doesn't, I mean, he, he he plays well. He's you know he's got a bit of skill, and he you know he's a runner. But you know he's not prolific, which has always been the problem with you know at United and at Arsenal. Um, so for for me to sit here and say, oh, I don't want him because he's not prolific enough. Uh, if he was prolific enough, we would be linked with him. So <laughs> for ten for for ten million, I'd probably be all right with it. Actually, I'd I'd, I'd fancy that. But you know like stepping into a bath quite cautiously. I'm happy to dip my toe in. Uh, but yeah, 10 million, it's not a lot, is it, to take a gamble on someone who's, you know, he might be Shamak. He might come in and score enough to keep us happy, but, you know, transform the front line a bit, um, give us a focal point. Heskiff. Yeah, um, I was just, um, I read someone, I've just checked it out to see if it's true, but uh, apparently... And this is confirmed by some website, so who knows who's actually true. Um, only four players um, played, got more caps 
for England under Hodgson than Danny Welbeck. So Joe Hart, Rooney, Cahill and Milner were the only players who got more England caps whilst Roy was manager. So um, maybe the link isn't as silly as I thought it was when we first got linked with him. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I've definitely got it listed under Ayn Apnin. <laughs> but yeah. It, well, yeah. It, it, it makes sense for many parties, but... Uh, you know, especially if he can stay fit as well, which he seems to have improved his fitness. Um, injuries seem to have gone away, but and saying that there's no place like SE25 to rediscover your injury crisis. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, he's got he's still got a lot of pace. He can finish. Um, he's certainly you know an upgrade on what we've got in terms of outside of Ben Benteke. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if it happens. Um, as I say, I think it's been mainly reported by a really shoddy Broad Street at the moment. So who knows? Um, another strike we've been linked with, we spoke about him a couple of pods ago, uh, Gabriel Barbosa. Now it's seeming to be suggested that Inter now willing to sell for a price of 20 million euros, which is them taking a loss on him. Um, 10 million on Welbeck, Heskiff, or 20 million on Barbosa? Well, I think if you spend twenty million on both, Barbosa will be taking a loss on him too. He's <laughs> one goal in fifty games in Europe or something, wasn't it? That we said, mm. um, yeah, no, I, I don't want him for twenty million. I'd much rather go for Welbeck for half the price. I mean, Welbeck for the price of one Serlot. <laughs> yeah, one Serlot indeed. Um, Ruben Loftus Cheek, uh, despite. scoring a hat-trick and scoring um, a goal against Burnley, four goals in two games, still appears to be linked with moves away from the club. Albert, Simon Jordan has been on the radio today saying that he should um, be picking West Ham over Palace. Thoughts? Uh... I, I didn't hear that. That's a. That's... He said, West Ham are in the ascendancy. It would be a decent move for Loftus-Cheek to get game time. West Ham is probably the better move for him with Pellegrini. I, listen, trying to remain very uh, diplomatic here, I don't necessarily disagree with that because just looking at it from a, you know, Ruben Loftus-Cheek isn't a Palace fan. He's got, he's got a you know, a mild allegiance to the club, but ultimately he's going to be looking at, you know, what is the most, uh, what's the most sort of fruitful move that he can come up with. West Ham will pay him more than us. Uh, and with the, yeah, with the manager they've got and the resources they've got available and the, you know, the squad, they've probably have got a better chance of maybe breaking into the top 12. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but just looking at, looking at it in black and white, I, you know, if you take away the fact that he's been on loan at us, mo- I think most players probably choose West Ham over Palace. That's just the reality. Harsh. I know, uh, <laughs> I know, and I feel I, I, I hate myself. I absolutely hate myself for actually saying that. Yeah. But like I say, I have to, I have to take off the uh, red and blue glasses. Steve Parrish might take away your season ticket with comments like that. Anyway, um, social media this week he already has. <laughs> uh, I quite enjoyed the baggy fan on his own at Orchardham on the terrace. Did you see this, Heskiff? I did. Loved it. <laughs> boing, boing, baggies all all over the terrace. Just a single zone. boing. Uh, although I'm, I kind of feel like fans maybe should be boycotting that tournament. I don't know. I don't know really know how I feel about it. But also another one we can keep. We can be really current because this has literally just happened. 
Sterling Sterling's dive for a penalty, hasn't he, Heskiff? Or is, is the dive too harsh? Well, to be fair, I've only seen literally him kick the ground and fall over. So I can't tell you whether he did appeal for the penalty or not. Okay. Um, but I'm wondering if Albert's favourite pundit, um, if his head's exploded thinking that it was Zahar. Chris Sutton, is that his name? <laughs> imagine, we... if Wilford, imagine if Wilford tripped over completely innocently and fallen over and a penalty had been given. He would go apoplectic, wouldn't he? He certainly would. Um, are we still on bleeping Chris Sutton, Albert? Uh, make your notes, Billiam, and bleep it out. Right, before I lose control, we're going to go off now. And when we come back, we're going to be speaking to Kyle from Hotspur Memories. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Okay, we are now joined by our Spurs fan, Kyle from Hotspur Memories. Sir, thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Uh, so... How are you feeling about Spurs' season so far? Um, bit of squeaky bum last night in the Champions League. Just a tad, yeah. Um, it's been a it's it's been a weird season, to be honest with you. I mean, Europe's been a bit oh, well, it's been terrible. Um, <laughs> to put it put like, I mean, I mean, we've we we should be walk. I I would like to say we we should be walking the group really, but um. You know, when we were drawn in it, I was thinking to myself, yeah, we should get through. Barcelona, Glamatai, brilliant, but we should get through that. And well, we've made a right pig's ear of it. Um, but, and then the league, well, it's, it's a strange one because, you know, it is like up there with one of our best starts that we've ever had in the Premier League. Um, and everything should be pointing to a, towards the fact that we're great. <laughs> But, and I don't know whether that's because we're measuring up against teams like now, like City, who are like, uh, they're a freak, like this City squad, and, and the success that Liverpool are trying to generate themselves, and, and, and how Arsenal have bounced back and Chelsea have bounced back. Um, and I, I don't know whether, you know, I mean, we're kind of sneaking under the radar, but we're not, we're not really played well yet this season I'm kind of waiting for us to actually turn up and uh bang a, bang a team out but um, yeah can you make sure that's not this Saturday please <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 just been a strange old season it really has now a lot was obviously made in the summer without adding any players to the squad um but as you said you've had a, a decent start by well more than a decent start um, but obviously up against the likes of Man City, who, uh, well, it's been revealed have been che- basically cheating to build the squad that they have. Um, uh, obviously, Chelsea's manager is doing a good job there. Liverpool have um, you know, brought in some big money signings and have that front three. But do you feel that, especially with the amount of injuries you've got at the moment, that that is really coming back to hurt you now? Yeah, there's like a number of factors and, and that's one of them for sure. I mean, we... I mean, I'd say saying it's coming back to hurt us. We're still winning games, like which is mental. Um, but yeah, we've we've had a crippling injury crisis all the way through. It seems like all the way through the season, and whether that's World Cup fatigue that's kicked in on a lot of the players who who went deep, and or 
I don't know, just fr- like freak incidents of like training, hamstring, knees, and how we've got through this. Poch, Poch has done like dream work, really. It's 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 quite impressive the fact that I mean he the last I think we played four games in nine days. We've had like six players out, and he's he's managed to rotate it um, and, and use twenty two players. Um, but barring a lamella like howler in the last few minutes against City, we could have got like three wins and a draw. Instead, we just came out with three wins and a loss, which, you know, again, losing to City isn't exactly like the end of the world because they're going to they're gonna beat a lot of teams this season. But um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's a strange one. Uh, the, the lack of signings in midfield, I think, is a big thing. I think I, 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 don't, I hate to speak on behalf of like every Spurs fan but I you know there was a glaring sort of area where I think we did need to strengthen this summer just someone like a really big name or like someone to come in shake it up in the middle of the park and and really drive us through don't worry mate at Palace we need strikers and sign three left backs so it can't be that bad (laughs) Um, obviously you talk about the Lamella miss there against Man City and um, a lot of people pointed to the bubble on the pitch and that's obviously come down to having to play home games at Wembley while the new stadium is obviously overrunning. Um, do you think that's going to impact your transfer strategy further down the line? I mean, Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher famously had a big old row about it on the, on the Monday Night Football last week. So um, is it a stage now you just can't wait to get in there? Or do you feel like it might there might oh, be yeah. an adjustment period when you get in there? Yeah, I mean, who knows? It's... It, it's like the unknown at the moment. That's and, and that's another sort of cloud that's kind of hanging over the football club at the minute. Like we've got no one knows when we're going into this new to the new stadium, and it just keeps getting extended and get and extended and extended. I'm a season ticket holder. Um, you know, I, I I bought my ticket in the summer. Uh, well, it, it'd be my second season of being a season ticket holder. So the first one was at Wembley last year. That ticket costs like 650 quid for the whole season. And I thought, you know what? The club have done us an absolute solid there. Year at Wembley, they're only charging us that. And then the new stadium comes in, it's doubled. And um, and we're, then we're not even playing it. Then we're not even playing in it till like at the moment, <laughs> January. Right. You talked about World Cup fatigue there um, with the injury crisis. Now, obviously... Um... Kieran Trippier had a fantastic World Cup for England, uh, scored the goal in the World Cup semi-final that uh, made us all hope a little bit. But, um, you know, so from the outside looking in, we all think that, you know, Kieran Trippier is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, but I get the impression from Tottenham fans that he's not he's not having the best of seasons so far. Yeah, again, I mean, we spent like the whole summer, just like you, absolutely loving him. And to be fair, I think we all kind of liked him. I mean, we we all still do like him, let's be honest. But um, he was in great form last season, I thought. You know, his assists are amazing, as it, any England fan can see, and summer, and, you know, free kicks. Any, any fantasy Premier League manager exactly, yeah. can tell you. Yeah. Um, and his, his free kicks, where have they come from? We never saw him hit a free kick before last season. And then suddenly he step, pops up for England and bang amazing um but yeah i mean just like the others i mean hasn't really hit top stride um 
since they've come back. And I think, uh, I don't know whether it's a change formation. I mean, we played three at the back quite a lot last season. And, um, and England obviously played with the back three. And it gives him a lot of license to just go forward, not have to worry about what's happening behind him. He's got three centre-halves to do that. Um, and this season, because of sort of like injuries and whatnot, we've, we've gone back to sort of playing the, the trusted 4-2-3-1 formation or 4-3-3. He's experimented with a lot this season as well. And it, just, it does just seem that in a back four at the moment, the way he's playing, he's getting found out, or not found out, but caught out a lot positionally. Um, mm. He's been at fault for quite a few goals. If, if you're looking at the Wolves game, which absolute ding-dong of a game, by the way, that get, that one on Saturday. And if our game's anything like that, then you know anyone going is going to get their money's worth. Um, he... He's pushed up. He's pushed high up the pitch because he's an attacking fullback. But he's he's left. He's really well. He's stitched up Foy with a with a hospital pass for the first goal, and then yeah, he's pushed right up. And then instead of tracking his man for the second goal, he's just watching him go, pointing at everyone else, and then poor the poor young lad Foy has given away another penalty. Um, and that's just that game. I mean, there there have been other incidents where. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it just like everything else this season. You know, it's it. We're all looking at it, thinking, "Come on, where where are you? Where have you, you you've been amazing for like the last season, World Cup. You were great, like ev- with everyone, and and it's just not quite clicking at the moment. When it does, well, what you go on? Sorry, what you might not know is that. Um... Trippier and Zaha had a ding-dong battle because they grew up with each other in the championship and um, we were always up against Burnley every season. And um, a couple of times, Zaha got penalties against Trippier as well by yeah. drawing fouls out of him. Well, um, So do you, do you think it's, it'll be wise, of, wise for us to play wide players on the weekend and sort of try and get at the full-backs and exploit that space in behind? Definitely, yeah. That I mean, that, that scared Zaha versus Trippier or Davies scares the life out of me um not only i mean he's a fantastic player and you know what um, the weird thing he reminds me of when i'm watching when i watch palace games the way zaha plays for you is really reminding me of the way that bale was playing for us um in his last season uh taking everything on himself that that sort of demeanor even the way he like moves around on the ball he's, he's fantastic um but yeah the any sort of pace um, up against our fullbacks does give me a little bit of dread. Um, I think the middle of the park is going to be big as well. Um, I like I like your skipper. He's good. Takes a good penalty. Um, but um, he's you know we've got Harry Winks bit, um, and he, I I love him. I think he's amazing. He should be starting for us all the time. But we don't really have anyone else. I mean, it, it could well be Winks and Sissoko. That's how we finished against Wolves. And um, yeah, Sissoko, if you ask any Spurs fan about him, 
it's a bit worrying yeah well I was I, I must say I, I know this sounds terrible but I did smile a little bit when I saw Dembele go off against Wolves because I assumed he'd be out of this game because he's an absolute beast in the middle of the park so yeah. um, that's that's obviously a huge miss I mean Sissoko has looked alright in the last couple of Spurs games I watched he's driving forward but he just seems to run out of ideas when he gets into that 18 yard area yeah he always seems to make the wrong decision I mean don't get me wrong if, if Poch plays him in a three um, I'm at I'll, I'll, be, I'll actually be quite happy with that because again it's that same sort of thing as Trippier he's got other guys in there to sort of do that help him out with that workload um and yeah he is like a bulldozer I mean he's great his work ethic last few games of what we've watched I've been really impressed with him but like you say I mean the quality on the ball sometimes is a bit lacking um but I, 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 I come on I sound really negative but, <laughs> but I'm looking at like you know obviously what I do going back and looking at all the sort of like previous games and stuff like that, you know, we've got a fantastic record against you guys. Like, um, and everything should be telling me that like, you know, Oh, we'll just, we'll, I think, I think we won like, since you guys have come back, I think we've won like one nil six out of 12 games in the league that we played. Yeah. And every game mm-hmm. really tight, but we've always seemed to nick it. And yeah. oh, I don't know. Well, there was there was, certain, there was the one at Wembley which Son scored and made it one 0 and we I don't know how we lost that game. Uh, Gazaniga in goal had an absolute blinder. Yeah. Uh, we lost one um, Son again one 0 at White Hart Lane where uh, he beat Alex McCarthy at his near post and um, Vaughan was in goal that day and he was a man of the match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, we've we've always seemed to catch you in a time where you're not uh, in full flight, but you've always managed to nick it one 0 Um so and obviously I, th- I think the standalone wins for us are the ones uh, where we won two one at Sellers in Alan Pardew's first home game. And I think that was and, well, that's the last time we played against each other on a Saturday five thirty as well, right? I, if, if you're looking for oh, yes, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Good stat, good stat, yeah. bravo. Um, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> but um, so is that so? Yeah, make make a prediction for the game then. If you um, with all the, with all this negativity, I'm looking forward to uh-huh. hearing um a one nil Spurs prediction. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go with form, right? Yeah, and it's like 50% <laughs> of the time, it uh, like we played you in the league since you've come back. It's been one nil Spurs, so I've got to go one nil Spurs. Absolutely. Um. But is it? <laughs> that's my that's my that's my head or talking. But I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. One nil, one nil. Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. All right. Well, anyway, thank you so much for joining us, Kyle. And um, I'm looking forward to the game on Saturday. I'm hoping it's one where we can we can give you a go and you don't you don't run out three nil like you did against Wolves because we certainly won't pull two back for sure. <laughs> well, uh, well. I mean, uh, did, uh, you scored. Didn't you score two penalties in your last game? And we're, yeah, against your favourite team. Yeah, exactly, so, um, and we're 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 pretty good at giving away a penalty. But um, but look, um, I, I would say like I wish you the best of luck for the weekend. But um, I'm really hoping we come along and we we we, we wake up and we uh we we give out our first dish in of the season. I wouldn't expect any less, Carl. Thanks again, mate. No worries. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Right, so it's Spurs Saturday, 5.30. I don't know about you, Albert, and I don't know about you, Haskiff, but for me, I'm sick and tired of not 
kicking off at Saturday at three o'clock. And I've still got a couple of weeks to wait for that joy when we go to May United and inevitably blow another great chance to beat a shoddy May United team at Old Trafford. But um five thirty kickoffs, Heskiff. What what do you do? Does it does it ruin your whole day? You like to go and see the Streatham Ice hockey team after games on Saturdays as well, don't you? I do, yeah. Um thankfully we're not playing at home this evening, uh, Saturday evening in Streatham. Um, it's all right at the moment because I'm house hunting, so I can actually do some house hunting. Um, but in reality, I hate any kickoff that isn't three o'clock on a Saturday or, you know, like eight o'clock on a Tuesday. Um, 5.30 kickoffs, much like the four o'clock one on Sunday against Chelsea, I just I don't, you know, by the time the game's finished, it's sort of like, what do we do now? Obviously, we just go to the pub and get drunk because we've got battered. <laughs> and then we get battered. Um, but yeah, I just don't like them because it's just, uh, yeah, I don't really know what to do. Like in the summer, I don't know what to do on a Saturday because there's no football to moan about. So I just sit around. Uh, but what's your 5.30 schedule? I'm all right with it because it's the first game that I'm actually getting to this season. So it could be at any time of the day and I'm all right with it this weekend. Um, and however, put the kids to bed on a 5.30. No, well, that's it. I mean... Uh, the, the, you know, it's bittersweet. I, you know, I got my son a season ticket this year. He's not been. And the first opportunity that it comes up that I can go, I think, oh, it's a 5.30. I'm not taking him. Uh, so, so my mate, my mate Paul's coming, who actually has just bought a flat on the Homesdale Road, a.k.a. The Dream. Uh, he's not a Palace fan. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm all right with it. I, 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 I don't mind a 5.30 on a Saturday. I'd rather that than a four o'clock on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, Billiam, producer Billiam, is messaging in the group here saying that it's more drinking time for a 5.30 kickoff. Um, Eskif, do you think he needs more drinking time before games? Well, the first time I met Billiam was <laughs> in the um, the beer garden of the Cherries. And admittedly, it was after a game. But, it, I mean, if that's what he was like... 20 minutes after full time I hate to think what he'd be like at the end of a 5.30 kickoff yeah no with all those betting adverts at the moment saying you know you can put restrictions on it and how much you how much money you put on etc they Billiam really needs to not be able to tweet once he's had a few beers so I can only imagine the state he's going to be in come kickoff on Saturday uh, uh, we'll be sure to find you Billiam that, that's going to happen on Saturday we're going to find you and give you some give you some shots that's what I did to you when I saw you. Where where were we? Everton away last season, Liverpool away last season. Heskiff, when I gave you a shot yeah, of gin. Yeah, Everton. Yeah. Gin. Lovely. That was a shot of gin. What are you? Seventeen. Well, exactly. I was an old maid. Oh, seventeen. Yes. <laughs> uh, right. So, I think the big talking point that came out of the Chelsea game was Max Meyer. Obviously, got a start, but. It wasn't a start that we were all hoping for in a sense that, you know, he wasn't played in his correct position. He was playing in the narrow, wide, left midfield position um, that, you know, Ruben Loftus-Cheek made his own last season. And it's obviously <clears throat> not the position we want him to be playing in. We want him in the middle of the park, preferably in a three. Um, but it obviously it didn't materialise in that way. And he had flashes in the game where he was decent, but 
drifted out the game a lot and couldn't couldn't really affect it, which obviously it's going to happen in games when you're playing against Chelsea. Chelsea haven't lost a game this season. Um, very, very dominant team going to be challenging for the title come the end. Of, well, I say challenging for the title. They're certainly going to be in the, the top two, top three come the end of the season. And that it's a tough place to go. Um, obviously, there's going to be a bunch of people who think we win there every year because we've won there two out of the last three seasons prior to um, Sunday. But, you know, it's, a, it's always going to be a very, very tough game. And I thought it was it was a bit a bit unfair to make his first real start in the Premier League um, back in the team to be that game against Chelsea. Um, a lot of people over social media were saying that he's overrated. Um, he's just an expensive Johnny Williams and all sort of things like this. Um, <clears throat> but it feels like it's the same people who, uh, to me, who were, you know, slagging off Kabai after a couple of months when he was at Palace because, you know, he wasn't a 10 they all thought he was and he wasn't banging him 30 yarders and, you know, as as they'd seen him do earlier in his career. So, Heskiff, on, on Maya... The, is it is it short term? Is it, is it me? Do, is he not a good footballer? Is it is it Palace fans just still being stuck in? Uh, you know, I want to see raking long balls get the ball forward quickly. I don't want to see someone who sort of is more precise in his build up. Or talk to me. Well, I I, I think it is short termism. Um, I mean, he wasn't amazing against Chelsea. But I don't think he was awful. Um, like you say, he was playing against one of the best teams in the country. Um, they're very good on the ball. And actually, I thought we played pretty well as a team, all, all said and done. Um, it wasn't his, you know, probably his ideal position either, but he he was fine. Um, I mean, when we're bringing in, I hate to keep beating this, beating this sort of drum, but, you know, we bring on Ayu and Schlupp as the subs and that, you know, you can't tell me that they should be in the team over him. So whether he isn't, you know, a glorified John Yester or whatever, he's... You know, certainly in the team above Schlipp on merit, I would have thought. Um, but again, like you say with Kabai, you know, that the people, I don't know if it's that because it was heralded as such a big signing for us that, you know, we just expected him to be incredible from the off, which is pretty tough. You know, we've had the discussion about like Serlot not starting games and having to do you know, do things in, in sort of 10, 15 minute bursts and not really taking it. And I've been guilty of saying that. Um, but it's the same with my, you know, he's not played for prolonged periods of time in matches up until this point. But when he has come on as a sub, he's looked pretty good. He's linked up with Wolf quite well. Um, and I think if he gets a good run in the team and plays in a bit more of a natural position, you know, I really think that he and Wolf are going to link up well and be a real sort of danger because wolf has gone off the boil a little bit as well. Um, and I think having someone who's clearly technically very, very strong in Maya alongside him, I think can only benefit the team, to be honest. So, yeah, I thought it was harsh. At, uh, I saw a fair few people saying that, you know, he didn't take his chance and he, he's not the Messiah. But, you know, I think it's I think it's pretty tough to, to you know, dominate a game at Chelsea away um, when you haven't really started a game in the league anyway for, for months. Yeah, the people seem to miss that. He's a 20, I think he's turned 23 now, but 23-year-old away from home for the first time out of the country. Um, he seems like a very, very shy lad. So he's he's got a lot to learn in the Premier League. It's a very physical league. He's a slight person. He's going to have to become a more of a, you know, 
get at least a season under his belt before he can really, really get down and learn how to affect games. You know, Kabaya didn't run into England and start dominating midfield straight away. You know, he had to learn how to be a bit more of a terrier in the middle of the park because um, he certainly wasn't that player when he first arrived. So um, there's <clears throat> there's a lot going for Max Meyer and I think people have been very, very quick to just write him off. And I think it's a... Uh, Maybe it's just the social media age where people want everything now and done and, you know, looking for your 40,000 likes and then the next day no one cares about it and this kind of thing. You know, it's just, it's too short-termism. You've got to look a lot longer term with Max Meyer and, you know, in the longer term, I think he's got a lot to offer to our club. Um, You've touched on Saw a lot there as well. And when we was uh, speaking to our away fan, Kyle, he mentioned about Spurs' fullback struggling. So, Albert, this is this has got to be the time that Sirlock gets his start right in the Premier League. And you know, Ayu hasn't impressed. I know Sirlock weren't particularly great at Borough, but he was probably the better of the two. And if we're going to get at the Spurs fullbacks, we want to have Townsend and Zaha out wide, and that seems to make more sense. I think um, with Sirlock through the middle, and it does with Ayu. Does it? <laughs> uh, yeah, listen, it's 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 now got to the point where it's like, right, your turn, you get on, you have a go. So why not get him on? <laughs> well, um, I mean, going going back up to on. Danny, what the world, Danny Welbeck chat earlier. I mean, it would be a lot. You'd be a lot more comfortable if it was Welbeck at the top of that attack, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course. I mean, but you know, trying to. Trying to actually think sort of a bit logically about it. Yeah, you know, we need Zaha to be attacking the fullbacks, like you say, and either driving into the area and and you know, trying to get trying to draw the foul from people, which I thought was something Zaha had a, the opportunity to do a couple of times in the Chelsea game and didn't, especially against Blooming Sideshow Bob. Uh there was I think it was in the first half, there was a there was a great opportunity to run at him and he sort of, you know, tried to sort of knock the ball inside. Um so yeah, if 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 Zaha can play against some out of form fullbacks, someone's someone's got to be in the middle to try and get on the end of it again, which was which was lacking on uh, Sunday. Um, you know, out of viral to big lad, so someone's got to be in there. You know, just trying to shove people out of the way and get on the end of these these balls that once every blue moon seem to go in a, into a promising position. So again, I'm I've, I've said several times, not a massive Sirlot fan, but. There's no reason why he doesn't deserve a chance on Saturday, you know, behind anybody else. Let let him have a go. Get him in. Why it's not? quite astounding. I was kind of hoping that by this time, Connor Wickham would have had a couple of half an hours under his belt, but he's obviously picked up an injury again. Uh, in- I was going to say, he's had some <laughs> half an hours, but it's more half an hours in the physio room. It never rains. It pours. But um, obviously the big thing to come out of the Chelsea game was set pieces and conceding too easily from set pieces now um you can go back and have a listen to the review pod from the Chelsea game to get Albert's views on this so we'll get we'll get Heskiff's views um they've been key for us staying in the Premier League over the six or six years now that we've been in the Premier League um we've defended them well and we've scored a lot of goals from them could this be our undoing especially with the fact that you know I'm looking this season uh, now, despite being very, very positive <laughs> on the opening day. And I think those um, outrageous predictions are going to come back to bite me come the end of the season. But, you know, I'm looking for three teams that are worse than us. And at the moment, I can find them in looking at Cardiff, Huddersfield, 
and Fulham, but you know, it could very, very easily be Fulham sack their manager and they have Sam Allardyce in charge within the next couple of weeks. And, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at Fulham as a side that will stay in the Premier League. So could this be our undoing if we we don't sort this set-piece drama out? Yeah, we we definitely need to sort it out. Um, I mean, I've, I haven't watched the Chelsea goals back because it will wind me up because they wound me up at the time. But they all just, you know, we're letting in like not great goals. I mean, you know, t- take away Xhaka's free kick or whatever, but we're letting in sort of goals that teams aren't really having to work hard to score um, in the last couple of months, I suppose. And that that's certainly true of the Chelsea game. You know, whoever's marking, whoever, if Morata's on his Todd at the back post and has, you know, all day to line up a shot, even someone as crap as him is going to score. So, it yeah, I mean, considering our defence you know, in play has been pretty good this year. We, we're having these moments where we, we, have, we have real wobbles and, and concede and we do look really dodgy at set pieces. And like you say, we're not we're not putting enough good balls in the box to, to be dangerous at set pieces either. So it's, you know, when goals are, we're finding them quite hard to come by at the moment, certainly at home. You know, if 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 you can make a big deal out of these set pieces in terms of, you know, really trying to get shots in on target at a corner at a free kick, you know, if you're not doing that, then you you really are going to struggle. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, I, I'm sure we are working on it, but if someone could deliver a decent ball every now and again from a corner, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Um, what we are going to see is Christian Eriksen deliver a wonderful ball um, at some point from a corner and Harry Kane's going to nod it in at the back post. But let's <laughs> let's save those for predictions, which uh, will come after this. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com 
I've got absolutely nothing out of it. Double loss. Uh, I, Double loss. Yeah, I said 2-1. What did you say, Albert? I also said 2-1. So uh, not 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 too bad from us. We we almost sound like we know what we're talking about <laughs> once in a while. Uh, the poll this week, four options on the poll this week. Um, for a win, it was cock a doodle do. Uh, for a draw, it was a cock a that'll do. <laughs> uh, for a loss, it was cock that up, and for a big loss, just simply cock. Seventeen uh, percent have gone for a win. Twenty three percent a draw with 37 going for a loss and 23% going for a big loss. Albert, how did, how did you feel about those poll choices? You were heavily involved this week. It was basically around um, Spurs raising their giant golden cock onto the top of their stadium. In honour of it, and you know, and as I said on Twitter, I can relate to it because it's like mine. It takes a while to get up, but once it's up, it's a glorious thing. <laughs> Um, everyone in the back of the nest gang has voted for a loss this week. Absolutely everyone. I haven't seen a single win in there and they range, they range across the board. So Albert, are you, I feel like you might be feeling a little bit more positive. Uh, what was, yeah, no pun intended. The one for a draw was a bit of a mouthful. What was it again? It was a cockle that'll do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, even even though you've repeated it, I'm, I really don't think I can say that. Uh, so, I listen like, like like Carl alluded to. Spurs are winning, and they're doing very well, and it's one of their best starts. But again, Carl was pretty down on it himself. There, there seems to be, a, you know, there's a little bit of, of sort of uns, you know, they're unsettled with the whole stadium thing. They're winning, but they're not playing. They're not playing great. So I don't think we'll get. It's certainly not a, the flat out cock at the end of your poll. Uh, if if we lose, it's not going to be you know a battering from a big cock. It's going to be. Um, it's it's going to. I think there's going to be a one one goal in it, and I'd like to think we can score. So if we're going to lose, I think we're going to lose two one. But again, I'd maybe maybe we yeah maybe we can get a one all. Okay, so you've got one all in the prediction league, so that's what you're getting stuck with. Um, Ebo on, yeah, I'm taking it. Ebo on Twitter said, it's always 1-0 to Spurs, isn't it? Uh, echoing the thoughts of Kyle there. Same old, same old, 86-minute winner from Kane, obviously. Um, Heskiff, <laughs> I feel like you're on the same page. Yeah, little cock for me. Uh, yeah, but what do you think's going to happen in the game? Hey, harsh, harsh. Um, I reckon, yeah, very similar to that last tweet. I reckon we're going to lose 1-0. I reckon Sun will score. Obviously. Uh, with like mm, and nine minutes to go. Although I, I, I watched the highlights of their game against Wolves. And if that young centre-half plays where he just keeps like lumping people in the area, that'd be all right. <laughs> if he doesn't play... We'll lose 1-0. I thought it was actually a bit harsh on him. He, like, Trippier sold him up the river twice. <laughs> he got penalties um, given against him. I felt a bit sorry for him, especially on your debut, giving away two penalties. Imagine that. But um, I'm uh, I'm losing my head. I'm, I'm going for a win this week. I think we're going to win 2-1. Um, they are absolutely... Both of their fullbacks are out of form. Um, they're massively missing Jan Vertonghen in the middle at the back. Uh, 
Dembele is out. Wanyama's still out. Um, they're going to be stuck with a midfield two that is all of a sudden looking very lightweight. There's going to be no sort of defensive cover in there. So I think, um, especially if we can get Solo on there, but even if it's not Solo, if it's Ayu that's in there, with Ayu, Townsend and Zaha all floating around, I think um, they're going to find themselves in lots and lots of space. And I, th- I think it's going to end up with us causing a bit of an upset this week. I think there were signs there against Arsenal in batches. I thought there were signs there against Chelsea. Um, at no point have we really looked like we haven't belonged on those two football pitches. So I think this is going to be the time that um, we finally get a bit underway. I know I don't really know where this has come from, this positivity, but I just look at Spurs' injuries and they look to me that they're in key places where we're strong. And, um, you know, you've both talked about Zaha not being informed. I, I, I think... Chelsea, he was stuck in loads of impossible scenarios. The amount of time he had three or four Chelsea players around him. And even at times, he was finding his way to get past all of them. I saw someone say on Twitter that he was treating Jorginho like um, (laughs) uh, training cones, which I found quite amusing. But yeah, I think this is going to be the week where Zaha finally um, gets tucked into this season and really takes it by the scruff of the neck and drives us towards a very much needed victory going into the international break. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com We haven't discussed what... Uh, I just I'm not, You're saying you don't know where it's come from, your positivity, and it's just dawned on me we haven't checked what you're drinking. I was you just about to the, say uh, the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you're not in a you're like not not on like the ouzo or so it's a, it's, like it's, it's a you're, really, not a, you're not in a really dark place it's a really late beer check then um i'm on uh, well no it's 5.1 percent orange parallel from flight suit de14 i don't know it was three for a fiver in budgeons um other supermarkets and beers available um and yeah, I'm just getting run ragged at work at the moment. I'm getting so run ragged at work at the moment. Um, I approached our CEO today because we announced our um, half-year numbers. And um, he's a Millwall fan. And in um, there's a big initiative underway at the moment at the business where they're teaching a bunch of people to code. And there's sort of managerial level ones as well when he took a course for a few hours. And in that few hours, they teach you how to code a little bit and build you build your own app. So his app was um, at any one time you can open the app and it tells him how far he is away from Mills Stadium. <laughs> so um, at the end of his talk, I went over to him and said, um, "Does it does it um, say how far away you are from Palace, or could it not compute a million miles?" <laughs> and um, boom, boom, exactly. It was um, it sounded better in my brain when I was going to approach him to say it, but um, and then you got fired. And then I got a fire. <laughs> no, I, I I turn my name badge around so he doesn't know who I am. So it, it ha- did you have to give like feedback on everybody's work? <laughs> no, I wasn't involved in that class. So um, oh, I see. Because if if no one had liked, if nobody had liked his app, he wouldn't have cared. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's what it's called. Uh, Heskiff, just 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 for the just for the people who want to know what you're drinking. Oh, I'm drinking water. You're Sorry. rubbish. You I've got are... I've got Moe in the fridge. <laughs> but I'm Just drinking go water. Okay. Go and get this. P Diddy or something. I'm a very uh, loyal O2 customer, so I got a free bottle of Moe. I Crap. thought you were talking about the water. 
but that's always free for me. Very good. Very good. <laughs> and Albert? Uh, well, I'm actually not. I've actually finished the beer. The the beer check is so late. Technically, I'm not drinking anything, but I have had Budweiser, uh, and I, I mean, not through choice, but a friend of mine, Paul, who I did mention already, lives on Homesdale Road, and he's actually coming to the game on Saturday. He left a, a can of Thatcher's Gold uh, in my fridge on Saturday, and it turns out that cider. Yes. Um, and I don't really like it, but I drank it anyway. Right. Here's the thing about Thatcher's Gold, right? Um, years ago, so 2007-ish, when um, I f- met my uh, the guy who ended up becoming my best man. Um, he's from Bristol, and Thatcher- not Dr. Vanker, was it? No, not Dr. Vanker. You can't, you couldn't get Thatchers outside of Bristol at this point. And um, they talk about uh, their adverts and their commercial was all about you know the apple not dropping too far and making sure that they've maintained the same flavor. I can tell you now. That ten years ago, Thatcher's Gold tasted way better than it does now. They have compromised fully on their taste, so don't drink that crap. It's not anywhere near as good as it used to be, unless you go back to Bristol and drink it close to where the brewery's from, and then it tastes like it should too should taste. So, um, yeah, mass. I wish you'd have said that before I drank yeah. it. Mass production has ruined Thatcher's Gold as a drink for me. Um, right love sports already happened this week uh that was on tuesday night so you can get that in your podcast inbox um review show this week I, oh it might be a sunday it might actually be happening on a sunday i'm assuming hambo will be back after making up all sorts of excuses for not doing shows recently i mean i don't know i don't know which we oust him i thought mike was quite good what did you think of mike's performance Heskiff? Thought it was very good. I've mugged yeah. him off a little bit today because he thought he was coming on to replace me, but he's not that good. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, so hashtag Hambo out. We'll, we'll, we'll take over back at an S between us. No, uh, so yeah, review a show on Sunday. Make sure you listen to that, and um, we will obviously be having a week off for the international break, and then we'll be back in your ears the following week to preview our trip to Old Trafford. Until then, up the palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.